By the way, I've instructed my staff today that if I start to ramble on or mumble, they should just cut this entire thing short, uh, just like they do for Joe Biden. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the press thank, conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And then, yeah, then play some cool jazzy music in the background as I, as I hobble off to bed. What's up? This is Marque Saves the Republic. That actually happened. That actually happened. And so, again, if I get tired or if I just start if I start going, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I've instructed the, um, the 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 voice from above to just cut everybody. Just stop it. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank, conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And then I don't know what that music's supposed to be. If, you know, if you're supposed to get somebody off stage quickly, you don't have to play some low, uh, slow jazz. You play something, you know, like the Benny Hill theme so that they can, <laughs> so they can hobble off uh, pretty quickly. Anyway, listen, we'll get to that in, in just a minute. Also, um, I, we should we I will talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend because we had a fantastic event. If you haven't yet seen the video on YouTube, man, I posted a YouTube video. You should go watch it. It was uh, it, it's called um, picking Trump's VP or something like that. But anyway, we had Byron Donalds, representative from the uh, 19th District of Florida down in Naples. We had Carrie Lake, former gubernatorial candidate and uh, potential future senatorial candidate from Arizona. Uh, Mike Waltz was there as well. But I asked, you know, a bunch of the VIPs there and there were a whole bunch of VIPs there. I said, hey, who do you want to be the vice president um, for Donald Trump when he runs again in 2024? Carrie Lake or Byron Donalds? Because both both have been rumored to be top picks, but uh, you know, for the presidential primary running mate. And um, it's going to be interesting to see who Donald Trump does decide on. But you can go and listen to see who everybody at the St. John's County GOP Founders Day dinner over the weekend thought they would like to see uh, in that potential position. Anyway, that's coming up. Uh, well, I mean, that's on YouTube. You can go check it out. I will have some highlights on the Marque show as well at noon Eastern, 11 Central. But of course, today is the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And that is something that came up repeatedly during the Founders Day dinner. It's something that I know is going to come up repeatedly today because it's an important event to remember. And being 22 years ago, it, it, it really puts things in perspective because now we have kids, kids, we have young adults in this country who are old enough to drink and don't remember September 11th. They're old enough to go out and have a beer and toast to the memory of the folks who died on September 11th, but they don't have any memory of the folks who died on September 11th. They weren't even born. And that is a, for someone who's grown up, I mean, who's someone I was in, gosh, 21 years ago. Let me see if I was 30 something, seven. Is that what it was? Um, but it was, it was a remarkable time period. And uh, this morning I was on WHIO. I was being interviewed in um, the Miami Valley in Ohio by Larry Hanskin. Uh, on the morning news. And he asked me, he goes, do you remember where you were? And I said, I absolutely do, because I am, I was exactly where I am right now in front of a microphone. I was on the radio and I happened to be in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital broadcasting in the morning. And at eight o'clock, the uh, or eight, eight, rather um, 840, what was it, 848, 850, when the first plane hit, we all looked up and we saw the news and the uh, and they they had a camera trained on the first tower, the South Tower where that plane flew into the building. And at that point, nobody knew exactly what was going on. We just thought a plane had hit the Twin Towers in an accident. And then, of course, right after nine o'clock, we saw the second plane hit. And then we realized this is a coordinated attack on the United States of America. Uh, a few minutes after that, being in Washington, D.C., we started to get phone calls from people in and around the Pentagon. They were on the highway driving to work. They were at the Pentagon. They were in the vicinity of the Pentagon. And they started to um, report another plane crash. They started to report another plane flying into a building. They started to report explosions and flames and fire at the Pentagon. And that's when um, that's when things really started to get get crazy for us in Washington, D.C. and really all over the country. 
Uh, planes were being grounded. People were calling us from all over. Nobody knew what was going on. It was one of the wildest days in American history and a day that I hope we never have to relive. Unfortunately, it's a day that I think we may we may not even be the worst in American history when it all comes down to it, especially because of the leadership we have in the White House right now. And not to politicize, not to politicize the the meaning of September 11th or the, the, the day of remembrance. But you have to realize that we are in a position now very similar to what we were back then. We were not a uh, under Bill Clinton. We had another president who was compromised, who was not focused on making America great again, but was focused on, you know, getting his jollies in the Oval Office with any intern he could. He was focused on making sure that him and his wife were set for life and not necessarily building up the uh, the best America we could have, not, you know, forming strategic partnerships, not strengthening our military. He was it, it, Bill Clinton was really one of the very first progressive presidents we had. He was the precursor to Obama. Bill Clinton rolled in young, fresh faced, played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall, told everybody he was going to be the first black president, ran around chasing tail for I mean, not just the not just the eight years he was in the White House, but I'm sure several years before that as governor of of uh, Arkansas and as a candidate. I mean, we've all seen the movies we've seen. We've read the book. We know the reports. We know you know the thing about Bill Clinton. He was the first progressive president we had. And he abandoned uh, true conservative values and he can ban he abandoned the things that made this country really great that that Ronald Reagan really helped to fortify, like a strong military, like a strong economy, like the ability to fight and win wars anywhere in the country and be a dominant force, not just a dominant force, but the dominant force in this global uh, community. Uh, he was the one that did that. Ronald Reagan did that. George W. Bush. I'm sorry, George H.W. Bush. Yeah. You know, he had some troubles. And then Bill Clinton came in and, and really began to the downturn of the United States of America. And so shortly after George Bush was elected president, 9-11 happened. And thank God that George Bush was elected president and not Al Gore, because this country would have deteriorated uh, and the rest of the world would have would have walloped us a lot sooner than they're doing now. Uh, Barack Obama came in and reinstituted that progressive agenda and realized, hey, I got to work a lot faster. I got, the, I, got, I got to get this done faster. I only got eight years. Bill Clinton couldn't do it in eight years. Barack Obama did his best. Donald Trump came in and was another cog in the machine. And now we have Joe Biden, who is, well, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know if a cog in the machine is, he's like the grease puddle that dribbles out from underneath the machine that you know that you just like, you're like, oh, look, there's a grease puddle under this machine. Hey, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the press thank conference. You. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, somebody go wipe up that somebody go wipe up that grease stain that is uh, that is Joe Biden. And now we need strong leadership again, because I fear, as most people do, that 9-11 will not be the worst attack on the United States of America, especially when you see what the Chinese are doing with their military, especially when you see what the Chinese are doing with their economy, what they're doing to our economy. You know, and uh, and Representative Michael Waltz, a good friend of ours, Mike Waltz, he was at this event on on Saturday and he was the first one to speak. And Mike Waltz got up there and he said, look, you know, I'm the first speaker, but I'm not going to be like the happiest speaker. I'm not I'm going to scare you. I'm not going to make you laugh. And he talked about how because he's he knows he's on all the subcommittees. He served in the military. Guy's a Green Beret. He knows what's up. And he said, look, here's the deal. You got China and China is a threat. They have a bigger Navy than we do. They're outbuilding us uh, when it comes to naval vessels three to one. 
when you look at China, their economy is rip-roaring. Yes, a lot of people say they're about to fail, but right now they're doing pretty well, and they're investing in the United States of America. They're making strategic alliances, not just with Russia, but with Iran and with North Korea. They are withdrawing from the world stage. This, this G20 summit or G, this summit that uh, Joe Biden was mumbling through in Vietnam, guess who wasn't there? China. They don't need us anymore. They don't want us. They're like, eh, we good. We're going to do our own thing. And their own thing is about to um, is to uh, uh, invade Taiwan, which will cause another. That's going to be another front in this global uh, world war that we're about to get into with a bunch of people who really hate us and really want to uh, really want to thwart us and and destroy everything that we stand for. Plus, of course, when you look at it all, you've got China with their tentacles in our real estate, in our food production, in our transportation, in our communication systems. The Chinese are building everything that we use. Keep in mind, the weaponization of American society against Americans is, I mean, that's really simple for someone like them. When they, if they're buying up the food production plants, they can starve us out pretty quickly, don't you think? That's one of the things that we're, that we're warned about is not just the, the exterior, not just the exterior threat from China, but how they've got their tentacles, as Mike Waltz said, in our country. They are, they are wound tightly with the United States of America to the point where they can control us pretty easily. And that's something that Joe Biden has not just, gosh, in, in, in exacerbated, but he's actually inspired. Joe Biden loves China, has always loved China, trusts China, takes money from China, gets money for his kids from China. China Joe is not just a quirky nickname. It's actually basically his job. He thinks he's the president of China and anything that they want, they get. Um, and that's a that's a real bad thing for the rest of us because China's not nice. They're not a good country. They're communists. And their leader has just as many aspirations, if not more aspirations, than Vladimir Putin. Uh, he also has a lot more resources than Vladimir Putin. And he has a lot more people that fear him uh, and therefore are are willing to work with him and do his bidding, especially when it comes to harming the United States of America. And that's why on this 22nd anniversary of 9-11, I don't believe that 9-11 will have been the worst thing to happen to this country. I don't believe it's going to be our worst day because China becomes a continued growing threat, along with Russia, along with uh, North Korea, along with Iran. All of these enemies that Donald Trump was able to hold at bay and that, that Joe Biden just kind of, you know, well, I don't want to say Joe Biden fell asleep on the job, but he fell asleep on the job. It was literally mid-sentence, like it was mid-sentence. Guys chit-chatting, he's talking about something or other. They're like, just pull him off already. It's enough. He's rambling. He pulled out the lion dog-faced uh, pony soldier line again, which nobody really understands or, or likes. It was a real debacle. And that is, of course, on the world stage. And what Joe Biden does every time he gets up and he speaks is he puts us in harm's way. What Joe Biden does every time he gets up and he mumbles through something like that or says lion dog face pony soldier to a reporter or gets yanked off stage by his own staff. Every time Joe Biden says, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't read these reporters names and he and he flips through names for for days on end, it seems whenever that happens, we become weaker and China becomes stronger. Our enemies look at that and say, wow, now's probably a good time to do whatever we want because that old man's not going to stop us. Nobody's going to stop us. And that's another reason why Donald Trump uh, is so feared, is so feared. Anyway, um, so at this at this event over the weekend, it, and again, it was a positive event. I, you know, I kid Mike Waltz because, well, I mean, he's his job is to not just scare us, but to let us know what's up. And from the moment we pulled out of Afghanistan, he realized, as the rest of us uh, did, or if you didn't, you should, 
that that was the, the beginning of the end of the military dominance of the United States of America. The Afghan withdrawal, the surrender of, of Bagram Air Force Base, which the Chinese now control, um, the handing over to the Taliban of Afghanistan, and the really probably the worst part of all of it, and the most deplorable, is the leaving behind American citizens and those friendly to America's cause who worked with Americans, those who were in our employ, our allies who are being hunted by the Taliban, have been hunted by the Taliban, who are dead because of the Taliban, whose family members are dead because of the Taliban, and who are being set, uh, set out as examples as why you should not work with the United States if you're in Afghanistan because the Taliban will come back and kill you. Not only that, but the, the horrible treatment, the horrible treatment that, well, first of all, there was a story that Michael Waltz told about the sniper um, Vargas, who was who had the guy in his sights guy. Vargas had had this uh, bomber who killed 13 American men and women, uh, military, all of them. He had the suicide bomber in his sights and he was waiting. He was waiting for the the signal to shoot. He was waiting for the go ahead to fire and he didn't get it and he didn't get it and he didn't get it and he didn't shoot and the bomb exploded. And when they went, he, he said, sir, I, you know, if you don't have the power to give the command, who does? And his, um, you know, a senior officer said, I don't know. Nobody knew who was in control. It was one of the worst missions that this country has ever embarked on. And it also happened to be one of the deadliest. 13 Marines killed by a single suicide bomber, not to mention the hundreds of Afghans, all because Joe Biden and his ridiculous military leadership and his woke policies and his idiocy and his incompetence uh, were in charge. And now everyone left in Afghanistan is worse off because of it. Now, in addition to Mike Waltz, we had Byron Donalds up there who uh, talked about, you know, one of the other problems that we have. And, and, you know, we have a lot of threats. We've got the foreign threats and the domestic threats. And the foreign threats are easy. China, Russia, uh, Xi Jinping, um, you know, South Korea. We know. I'm sorry, North Korea. South Korea is not a threat. <laughs> North Korea is a bigger threat. Uh, we know all of them. But it's the, uh, the, you know, the interior threats, these threats in the White House, in Congress, in the Senate. And those are the threats that Byron Donalds is looking to go back and fight when he returns. They return to Washington today, by the way. House of Representatives, they're back today. I know it seems like they've been gone for a long time, and well, they have. But they're back today, and they're going to start hashing things out, and they're going to hopefully defund the government. Or not even de it's not even defunding the government. It's just not funding the government any further until the government does what they were told to do. The government is there to uh, protect American sovereignty and secure the border. The government's not doing that. So the government's not doing their job. They shouldn't get their paycheck. And that's exactly what Byron Donalds and a bunch of other liberty-loving, freedom-defending, patriotic Republicans are going to go back and try to pull off today. And in addition to that, uh, Joe Biden, who has put this country in harm's way, who has compromised himself, Joe Biden, who is a weak leader, who is uh, somebody that should not be trusted with your life, with your economy, with any of those things, and we'll get to that in a minute, Joe Biden needs to be removed from office because he's truly a criminal, not the kind of fake criminal that they're calling Donald Trump, but an actual real criminal who's taken bribes and accepted cash and funneled money and 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 committed fraud and, you know, uh, blackmailed other countries and sold American secrets. And and, you know, uh, it, 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 I mean, influence peddling like you've never seen before. And in, in Georgia, they're trying to convict Donald Trump and all of his allies of some kind of RICO statute where, you know, corruption um, and, uh, you know, the criminal organizational tactics. But really, that's the Joe Biden family. That's what Joe Biden's been doing for decades. And nobody's trying to touch him while well, the Republicans in Congress, hopefully today, 
we'll get one step closer, closer with some kind of impeachment inquiry, or as Matt Gates said, an up and down vote on impeachment, which um, may or may not happen. It's going to be an in, it's going to be an interesting week. That's for certain. Uh, all right, listen. I uh, the Mark K show starts at noon today, and like I said, we're going to get into more of these uh, topics. We're going to delve into everything that you need to know about the return of Congress, about 9/11, and about where our country goes moving forward. We also have some very interesting news about the presidential election and some of the candidates that are involved in that. Also, you know, I sent out an email today, and you know, and I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Myron Golden, who is a business leader. He's also a um, he's also a a biblical scholar, very interesting guy. And he talks about the Bible and he relates it to business and life and, you know, the best ways to live and practice and that kind of thing. And we were talking about, you know, the country and, and where we are and stuff and business. And he said, you know, the worse off the country gets, the better off you have to get. And I was talking to him, I go, what exactly do you mean? He goes, well, look, the worse the country is, our government is there to provide us with certain things. And if the government fails to provide those things, then we have to provide for ourselves. And it was really fascinating because it's exactly the kind of thing that I'm, you know, that I'm trying to uh, help people achieve with this new challenge I have coming up in the in just a couple of weeks at the end of September. It's called the Create Cash Flow Content Challenge. And if you go to markk.com, you can sign up for it. But basically, what it means is that if you're a patriotic American, if you're a patriot, if you're somebody who loves this country and loves your family and wants to fight for it, you're going to need a lot more money probably than you have. You're going to need to be self-sufficient if you're not. You can't rely on the government anymore. You can't rely on the government for a job because jobs are disappearing. You can't rely on the government for food because your food costs are skyrocketing. You can't rely on the government for shelter because look at what's happening to home prices all over the place. I mean, you can't get insurance in some parts of Florida. Uh, the, the, the cost to repair your home because of the supply chain crisis, which is manufactured and totally something that we don't need to be in the, embroiled in the middle of. All of these things that Joe, the weaker he gets, the border is just, un, it's non-existent. You know, crime is running rampant. It's going to cost you more to protect your, to first of all, feed your family, to shelter your family, clothe your family, educate your family, protect your family, because let's face it, you're going to need some kind of protection, whether it's guns and ammo or a security system or a fence or all three, or moving to a safer red state where they still have law and order, where they still have police and they still have law enforcement um, savvy governors and mayors who are looking to protect the people that actually hired them to do the job of, you know, protecting the people. Any and all that stuff costs money. You know, you need to educate yourself. You need to invest in yourself so that you can create that extra wealth that you need that the, that, that is going to that you're going to use to protect yourself where the government's failing. If look, if the government were stronger, you know, you could ease up a little bit. It, but the government's not. The government's weaker. And when the government becomes weak, it's like that that cyclical. There's that meme, you know, bad good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men and women. Uh, well, we're in the bad times. And so what we're doing now is we're we've got to create those strong men and women. And that means you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to invest in your family. You've got to build up your 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 profit centers and your cash flow. And you've got to use that to protect yourself. And your posterity, because look, the, the government's not going to do it. Healthcare, Obamacare wasn't the answer. It's the problem. You know, education, if you want to educate your kids, it's going to be a lot more expensive. You know, and I wouldn't send them to school either. You may have to homeschool, which means maybe somebody's going to have to stay home and homeschool, or maybe you're going to have to spend more money on books and tutors, whatever. If you want to protect your children and the future of this country, it's going to require more money. And that's one of the things I teach you how to get in the cash flow, in the uh, Create Cash Flow Content Challenge 
which happens in just a couple weeks, but there's only a few VIP tickets available. Um, so go to markk.com, markk.com, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E.com and sign up for that because I'd love to see you there. All right, listen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for watching this video, listening to this podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more information, more, uh, more inspiration, more enlightenment, more of what you need to do, what I need to do every single day so that all of us, true, liberty-loving, freedom-defending patriots can save the republic.